maybe real quick, Jim. I know we're maybe running over here on time, but the first <laughs> there's no there's no there's time. No time this is this is my kind of podcast, Greg. There's okay. No time. Well, this is, where, this is where Wise Dog. This is where Wise Dog gets gets mad. <laughs> Welcome to My Got Up Podcast. I'm Jim Wood. In this episode, John Powell and I are joined by our friend Greg Fawcett. Greg tells us how his ATD tailgate got started, and he recaps our recent trip to see Kirby speak at an event in Charlotte. As always, remember to check out store.mygotapodcast.com to see our latest merch. And you can follow us on social media at My Got Up Podcast. Finally, we'd love you to check out our presenting sponsor, Oxia Time, at oxiatime.com. That's A-X-I-I-A-T-I-M-E.com. Now, let's join the conversation in progress. <laughs> but, All right, now now we're recording. After we had the uh, the should we be the classic my God a podcast should be should we be recording moment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's my favorite moment of the podcast. Is uh, should we be recording? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm coming. I'm coming in live from a new location, same location, new desk. So apologies. Uh, I know Fletcher. I know you've been looking. You wanted more. My God, a podcast is my fault. I've been uh, building a new desk for my home office. It's it's good. It's done. It's ready to go. Um, it's but on the special occasion, had to bring in a special guest with us. So frequent recipient of dog bones. Uh, when you hear us talk about Greg and. Greg's tailgate and and shout out to Greg. We've got the man here. Uh, Greg Fawcett is with us. Uh, Greg, welcome to my got a podcast. Hey guys, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. It's been the man, a, the myth, the legend. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's been a been a long time coming. Uh, I I say that, although you know, I mean, it's a relationship that isn't that old. It's pretty young, right? Um, that th- we've all met each other. Greg was so gracious to host us. Uh, actually, I would say, well, not just I would say the first game, John, that we ever attended together as hosts of my got a podcast. Greg hosted us at the tailgate at the Georgia Clemson game in Charlotte to open the 2021 season. That was the first time we all met. That's right. We were doing the ATD tailgate, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, it was the beginning of a of a good run uh, <laughs> so far. Uh, ATT tailgate's been undefeated during the regular season and uh, hope to continue that in 2023. Amen. Uh, that is a good call. That's a good call. It it was so funny. To, so, I mean, Greg, was that your first like big, cause you already had, did you already have the tailgate in, in Athens at that point? Or... No. So okay. you know, I, had, I had done many tailgates in Athens over the years, but much, much smaller, really just kind of like the group I was going to the game with and maybe a handful of friends. But through the Twitterverse, I really met so many people, particularly during that COVID season. And everyone was just talking about football and wanting to get back to Athens. And the Clemson game was really the first opportunity for us to have a full crowd. And, you know, yeah. I don't know how long, almost two felt like two years, but um and Jim, as we had talked about, I grew up in the Atlanta suburbs like you did, and um, but I'd lived in Charlotte for quite a while, and so to have the dogs come here to town was just to me the perfect opportunity to uh, try and pull together uh, a big tailgate, and you know the best played plans uh, never seemed to always work out, and what I mean by that is I had uh, hired uh, a couple of college kids that go to Queens College down in Charlotte to come help me with the setup 
and uh, they're on the lacrosse team. And lo and behold, one of them had gotten COVID and the other two had to go into the protocol at that time. So I ended up with essentially no hired help uh, <laughs> to to put the tail together on Friday. And, you know, okay. we were expecting, or I was expecting, you know, at least 150 plus people. We, we I bought barbecue for 200 <laughs> and uh, long story short, I begged and pleaded my with my brother-in-law um, who's a Wofford Terrier, no connection to Georgia to please come down and, and help me and bring my nephew and any friends and I'll pay him. And so they, they really saved the day. So they came down on early Saturday morning and helped me set up and the rest was history, but that, that turned out to be a fantastic day. Not only because the result of the game, <laughs> kind of the start of what was a, an amazing season, but just getting to meet so many people in person, and just yeah. enjoyed that so, so much. Um, you have that connection on Twitter, but then when you actually get to meet people, I met Lou, your dad, and you and yeah. John and Bobby Wilson. And I mean, the list, you know, uh, Ruse Dixie Dog and so many, so many people I could go on, you know, all day. But that led to, you know, us getting together um, in Athens several times in 2021 at, at a tent that I had just joined that year um, okay kind of fully it. i had been tailgating with those guys prior to covid but not kind of as a full-fledged member if you will and then went in with them on that tent on the reed hall lawn in 2021 and really just made for a nice venue for people to stop by if they're headed into the game or want to come and you know stay for a while it's been a, a good setup yeah, for sure. I, I didn't even, I don't think I had heard that story about the uh, the hired help issues in, yeah. in Charlotte. I'll tell you one thing, Greg, I didn't notice that anything was off. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it was a, I was a little stressed out, let's put it that way. Uh, <laughs> sure. You know, I felt like maybe I bit off more than I can chew, but I did take off kind of the Thursday and Friday leading up. And so, and because it was local, it made it a little bit easier um i ended up renting a hertz um kind of sprinter van uh to load everything in because i couldn't get it all in the back of my uh suburban so between the uh rental hertz rental and then actually packing my suburban as well and having my brother-in-law drive one of the cars we were able to get everything down and unloaded and um i think we went through i did the math i think it was about 25 cases of beer um (laughs) Plus um, a ton of of uh, alcohol. I mean, we I bought went down to Frugal McDougal and bought at least four or five handles of bourbon and various you know vodka, gin, you name it. And uh, I don't think there was a drop left by the time uh, <laughs> packing things up around seven thirty. But that was a good long run too because we got out there early afternoon and the kick wasn't till late. And so yeah, uh, yeah. Well, and, and don't forget the white claws. There were white claws for Bobby oh, Wilson. Yeah. There yeah, was those, we did have white claws, and uh, it was um, it turned out well. I mean, the barbecue and the food was was good, and um, just use that as a springboard. Um, and and I'm just can't believe how many really good friendships have been born from from that day, and you know, continuing to you know get together, and even if it's just for a quick beer or hello, it's so nice to see people. Um, when you're in Athens or in Los Angeles or wherever Indianapolis, <laughs> wherever the dogs might take us. I mean, Jim, we got to spend, you know, five or 10 minutes in a cold, wet parking lot in front of SoFi stadium in January. And uh, that was pretty cool. Uh, before and after, before and after. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's, that's really cool. Yeah. And uh, I, I know, so we talk a lot about the ABC store so that, you know, and, and our dilemmas that Greg and I have with that in North Carolina, that for those not in the know, Frugal McDougal is across the state line. So when you go down, you can go down to the South Carolina and they've got a, a bit of a better selection, which I jumped again and I, I just took my first sip of, of what I've got tonight. And I have to say it's excellent. So this was a uh, a hunter, a hunt the Jones recommendation that I, um, so Greg, one, one thing I'll do often, uh, cause I am still newer to bourbon is if I see something that I haven't had, I text the Johns. So I text John, John Powell and John, John Smith, AKA John tweet sports and, and Hunter. And I'm like, have you, have you guys had this? Like, is, is this good? So I'm having this, uh, Knob Creek smoked maple. Oh. I don't know if you guys have had that. It is yeah. fantastic. Yeah, I don't typically like flavored um, whiskeys or bourbon, but that smoke flavor that they have is pretty authentic. It's it's nice. And Knob Creek does a, a really, really good job with all of their bourbon. Yeah, I agree. The Knob Creek Knob Creek Nine is 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 fantastic. Yeah, that was that was my uh, that was the first like recommendation, John, from you to me when I just when I first started. That was I think the first time I got a podcast bourbon. Yeah. And it's a nice high proof <laughs> too. A lot of Knob Creek yeah. stuff punches in it well above a hundred proof so uh yeah it was either it had to have been either either that or a makers 46 right <laughs> yes true another my got a podcast special <laughs> the the unofficial <laughs> official bourbon of my got a podcast um i am partaking in since we have a, a we, we have an elite guest mm-hmm. um i i'm partaking in my my elite full tilt uh my elite full tilt Bottled, your infinity bourbon. bottle. My infinity bottle. Yes. Oh, nice. Very nice. Uh, just so has it, I'm wearing the elite uh, T-shirt. Oh, there. As we record, <laughs> I don't know if those are available anymore. I can't remember. We may not have this. May come down. I don't remember. Uh, yeah, nice. I, I am, uh, although because of the technical difficulties, I'm not pictured. But uh, uh, ancient age ten star, which I tweeted ah. about recently. Um, I came across. A couple different places, but I ended up obtaining about four handles, um, four or five handles, and uh, it, it's it's fantastic for the thirty bucks or so that you pay for it. Yeah, um, yeah, it is it is really really good. I just wish it was more readily available. But, Greg, uh, I, I'm the the last the last bit of bourbon that I put in my Infinity bottle was ten star, so I've got a little bit of ten star in me as well. Nice. There you go. Yeah. yeah we're, value too. It's not that, you know, it's, it's, it's not only good, but you know, to, to pay 30 bucks for something to be that good is, um, is unusual. It's basically Blanton's. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's everyone calls it the poor man Blanton's and, um, not to go back to California and the, our adventure at the <laughs> liquor store there, Jim, but I'm sure you noticed the Buffalo trace products and other bourbons seem to be readily available. And in, decent quantity at just about any store you went in and you know yeah. maybe 30 bucks a fifth for for buffalo trace which you'll never see it on the shelf here in north carolina and if you do in south carolina it's you know probably special allocation so that was uh besides the dogs winning the national championship <laughs> it was uh, a dinner uh, and a fantastic dinner that we had with a, a group that i can talk about a little bit later that was a, a little bit of bourbon shopping i did out there was pretty amazing yeah, I, uh, you know, I actually, oh, I think I sent this to you guys that I, I actually had Blanton's for the first time 
uh, last Saturday. <laughs> I had never, I had never had it. So, I was oh, at a, really? Yeah, I'd never oh. had it. So, I was at that tasting event, uh, and they had it there. Um, it was funny because there was some, there's a few guys at this thing that were newer and didn't really know. And they'd be like, What should I try? I was like, Well, the blends. Like, <laughs> if nothing else, you can go tell people that you've had blends. It was pretty funny. So, uh, it was good. It, it was good. Funny. Yeah. No, it, it's, you know, you can definitely, taste the smoothness and you know if you've had another bourbon you know prior and then you switch to you know you get poor blends you can absolutely there's definitely a, a difference in in taste and texture and uh, that's why it's hard to find yeah yeah for sure for sure plus everybody loves the pony oh yeah yeah <laughs> well this one was like cool a model. nice that i uh i think i sent you guys the video um and they had like the display thing where the the bottle was sitting in the middle, had the pony on top, and it had all the ponies around it. Uh, so it was, it was it was a nice centerpiece uh, for the tasting that we had the other night. And that was pretty cool. That's cool. I can't imagine what they paid for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't even I don't even know who I don't even know who brought it because uh, people this was like a everyone bring a bottle uh, kind of thing, and folks were tasting stuff, and somebody brought blends, so that was pretty that was pretty sweet. One of my favorite, one of my favorite pages uh, that I follow a group on on Facebook in the Atlanta area called Allocated Bourbon or something like that. And one of my favorite posts that is like pretty much a week every every week someone will post a picture of the Hartsfield Airport. Um, like if you go into the the duty free at Hartsfield Airport, there's a whole wall of of Blantons just sitting oh. at the airport, and it's and it's always funny because John and I have talked about like how that price like basically has been going up and up and up. Like it used to be like a hundred bucks, and I thought that was crazy. Then it was like hundred and twenty bucks, and everybody thought that was crazy. Now it's hundred and forty bucks. Wow, it's crazy! Which just is absolutely still crazy. at that price. If you happen to be traveling international, it can can get it as you know below what you're going to find it the cheapest i've seen it was at a um liquor store in atlanta it was 160 bucks um, you know that, that's pricey for a fifth um, yeah yeah but they did have it you know i think they had two bottles it wasn't in, in high quantity but they did have it and along with some other buffalo trace products that had um some weller and eagle rare and you know all at pretty decent prices so yeah, especially for a, a, you come across a, a good find. Yeah, especially for like a, a ninety a ninety 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 three proof, I think is what it is. Yeah. 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 Good um, times. Good times. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh I know John, let's because I always like forget this. Let's let's get in you want to get into your your signature question a bit? Because I don't know how much that I know this even. Yeah. So Greg, uh, one of the things that we like to ask everyone when they come on is just like, you know, what you're, you're probably one of the biggest Georgia fans that I know. Uh, there's probably about three or four of them out there that are maybe I feel like are bigger than you, but, um, what's your Georgia story, man? Like what, how did you, how did you become a fan? Like, and how did you become such a rabid rabid follower? Yeah. So maybe, maybe born into it. Neither one of my parents attended UGA, but I had an aunt that attended and it was my dad's sister. And so um, she was younger. So when I was growing up, some of my earliest memories would be, you know, going over to my grandfather's house and really listening to the game on the radio on WSB, because very few mm-hmm. games were, you know, on television back then. Um, you know, I'm showing my age at 
<laughs> I don't think it existed, or we just we didn't have cable. Let's put it that way. So it was an over-the-air antenna. So unless ABC was airing the game, you know, you listen to it on the radio, and that was um, how I, you know, just listened to the dogs in the seventies and in the eighties, and um, went to my first game in Athens in uh, nineteen eighty-seven. I was a junior in high school, and it was the Auburn game. Um, which was, uh, you know, a, a big rivalry and um, just was, you know, as a 17 year old kid, I was just blown away by, <laughs> you know, the pageantry that is Athens on a, on a, you know, SEC game day. And um, that was probably my, it was my first introduction, I think, to, to tailgating as well. I, I wasn't setting up a tailgate, but was uh, in a, you know, an invited guest of, of the folks I was with, the parents, and uh, you know, just just th- after that, it was hook, line, and sinker. So, um, always, I've always been a dog fan, and you know, and even during the you know '90s, which I know you all were undergrads then. Um, you know, in the latter part of the '90s, early 2000s was a was a tough time, but I never never gave up always watching, you know, and you start to see some of the other programs in the SEC win national championships and win multiple. And you're like, when is Georgia's time going to come? And I'm starting here. I'm, I'm 40 years old. I'm 45 years old. <laughs> <laughs> is it ever going to happen? Yeah. Um, and then lo and behold, um, you know, two years in a row. And uh, I told myself, as long as Georgia's um, playing the national championship game, I'm, I'm going, I don't care what I need to do, or, you know, what it costs. It's something that after 40 years that, you know, you don't, you don't ever, ever know when it's going to happen again. So don't, don't take it for granted. So I've been very, uh, very blessed, fortunate to, uh, to have been to both of those, those yeah. games. So I don't know, John, but that's, that's it. I've just kind of born into it. Always been a dog and will always be a dog. That's awesome, man. Greg, were you at, were you at the, the national championship in Atlanta this in the 17 season. I, I did not go. Um, okay. So, yeah, I, so you definitely have to keep going. Yeah. <laughs> because when you're there, we yeah, went. I was just about to say, I was just about to say. <laughs> yeah. And it was one of those where I had spent a considerable amount of money um, taking my dad up to Notre Dame to the Notre yeah. Dame game. Yeah. And, um, that was honestly that trip was probably more expensive than either of the national championship trips. And I don't, you know, the airfare, and then mm-hmm. we actually stayed in South Bend, um, mm-hmm. which was like Athens on a game day. I don't think we paid like some, you know, king's ransom for a hotel. But <laughs> right. you know, I, I had spent considerable amount there, and then had gone to um, several games in in Athens, and I was just like, oh, you know, maybe just. <laughs> To sit it, sit it out, and anyway, the work at that time was kept me was keeping me a lot busier. So I, I regret not being there, but I guess in hindsight, it saved my saved me a little heartache and my wallet yeah. a little money as well. Yeah, it was not a good one to be at, and like the uh, I just remember like getting out of there afterwards. Afterwards was insane too because like my dad and I took Marta, and like Marta was a complete disaster after the game. So yeah, and I heard getting in was even worse um, with the president being there. Oh yeah, it was horrible. It was just it was raining and raining. Oh yep. yeah, yeah. It would have been a lot more tolerable had we had we won. I mean, I don't know. Maybe one of these days we can have a plan a natural championship game with good weather. Uh, I mean, I guess Indianapolis technically there wasn't like a weather event, but 
was a little cold. It was really <laughs> cold. And then, you know, the, the LA was the SoFi, the stadium was really cool. The, but mm-hmm. other than that, I wasn't blown away by anything, you know, certainly the restrictions around the parking and tailgating, which we were able to bypass for the most part. Um, <laughs> But yes. it was so spread out. I know we, we talked a little bit about this when we were together a couple weeks ago. But, it, you know, in Indianapolis, everyone was concentrated, both the Alabama and Georgia fans kind of downtown. And you just found your bar or your area. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was just I felt more connected uh, in Indianapolis to the to the Georgia crowd, whereas in, in, in L.A., in, you know, until we got in the stadium, you know, we were everyone was you know, all over. I mean, Southern California is a big place. <laughs> so, right. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dog Nation was definitely more, definitely more spread out. I mean, yeah, we were, I mean, all, I mean, the whole crew, everybody was kind of all over the place. Um, so yeah, that was definitely, definitely different. That was the thing as I, I was excited about LA um, in, in contrast, just because it had been so cold in Indianapolis. But if you could have <laughs> like the Indianapolis layout with, the way the weather was is supposed to be in California, oh, that yeah. would be that'd be perfection. If we, we, need, we need to even, find that place. Even if we would have got an overcast day, like you know, some yeah. marine layer, it would have been fine. But I mean, it poured yeah. rain like all day. And I think it, you know, it was raining when we left. I mean, it's like it didn't stop. It was very unusual. But yeah, I'll say this, it it didn't impede the the dog nation at all. <laughs> I think it might have fueled us some I so. uh I, I certainly wasn't bothered by it but uh that was uh i think helped by quite a few 22 dollar modellos or whatever i was paying plus all the the bourbon i drank before the game so um <laughs> just feeling no pain and we had a fantastic group i'll tell you a little side story but um bobby dean and his wife um bobby wilson and anna um, Krishna Wall and her husband and her brother Jake and his wife Betsy and Pup Dog. Um, all of us stayed down in the Huntington Beach area, and I arranged for like an airport bus, limo bus, to uh, to pick us up on a uh, Monday morning. So we loaded up all the stuff that I was going to take up to the tailgate um, spot around nine thirty, and uh, you know, commence shortly thereafter with a. Uh, morning beverages and rode up on the on the bus together and then jim you and melissa were at the uh at the tailgate setup which turned yeah. out pretty nicely that was a little bit of me putting a lot of trust in that company um mm-hmm. concierge, <laughs> which did great work and uh and then you saw us after the game the bus eventually came back and found us like everyone else trying to get out of there it was difficult and it was probably an hour or so after it was the scheduled pickup, but we had a we had a great time on the bus. Drank a lot of uh, a lot of adult beverages, told <laughs> stories, cheered the dogs, and uh, everyone got home safe. So, man, good. what a what an epic crowd that was! That yeah, seriously, that, was this was this where you you guys had like a big a giant round table? I feel like I saw yeah, a picture. Yeah, yeah. Table so we went dinner. to one of Bobby's old haunts in uh, Newport Beach, and anyone who knows Bobby or follows him, um, he's got exquisite dining taste and <laughs> and uh to say the least and you know really good taste in wine and other things and so this restaurant um i want to can't remember the name of it but uh anyway it was you know top shelf and it overlooked um the uh the marina in in newport beach 
And Bobby had arranged for a private room with a round table. And he had gone out and gotten two magnums of Camus um, wine to <laughs> as starters. And um, we ordered, I don't know, um, Bubby Dean said that seafood tower was so high, it's going to need lights so the FAA can you know, <laughs> you know, give, give the planes clearance or some something like that. It was hilarious. <laughs> Only Bubby could, could say it that way. But uh, yeah, uh, and, you know, seafood towers, you know, pork lollipops, uh, you name it. I mean, I was full by the time we were done with appetizers. And then, of course, <laughs> Wagyu beef and then dessert but yeah it was it was one of the best meals i'm not just saying that that i might have ever ha had it was it was that good and uh yeah it was a fantastic way to um to lead into monday um and everything wow, um so yeah bobby was a tremendous host in arranging that and so we all got to all all the folks on the bus i mentioned before were there and um definitely a good life memory man that's awesome yeah uh, I know. So you, you did, you, you mentioned in there, Greg, that we, that we recently got to to see each other in Charlotte. So we can talk a little about what was going on there. First off, the funny, the funniest thing about the whole thing to me is that, so we met, well, we in person met back in that 2021, uh, Clemson game, you know, and then we've, we've tailgated together at, at Georgia, uh, at Mercedes Benz in LA, but we live about what fifteen minutes from each other, and we finally hung at out most. again in Charlotte. Yeah, at, at <laughs> I drove most. by your house this morning, by the way, or your neighborhood at least. Um, but uh, I was up in Davidson this morning. Um, but uh, but yeah, so we we hung out uh, in Charlotte. Uh, I was so thankful for you to give me uh, the invite to this. So there was a uh, there was an event in in Charlotte uh, down at the at the Quail Hollow. Uh, club um, where Kirby Smart was the the guest speaker and Greg again appreciate you inviting me and and letting me tag along with you. <laughs> oh I, yeah, Jim. When I got the invitation, I was like, you're the first person I thought of. There's there's not a lot of um, <sighs> dog alumni here that I that I know well enough or that to to ask. And uh, yeah, <laughs> so I, I I didn't have for some reason I didn't have your phone number, but I've got Lou's, your dad. And so I texted Lou and I said, you know, what's Jim's number? I want to invite him. And he's like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, yeah, it worked out. And um, yeah, that's, I had seen, I've seen um, coach smart speak a couple times in in that type of, of setting. And it was, it was unbelievable. I know you and I kind of both almost, you know, walked out of there, felt like we were walking on air. It was just, you know, the way that he, you know, was you know, spoke and it was just almost like he was talking to you personally. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, I think you may recall, Jim, we were standing around having a cocktail before dinner and he just walked by and was just seemed so approachable and he was having a good time and, you know, talking to people. And, um, it's just really, you know, it's one of those things like, wow, um, I can't believe I'm kind of standing here, you know, five feet away from, you know, Coach Smart. I don't want to fanboy too much, but it, it was um, it was pretty cool. And either Jim or I went up and asked to take our picture. Although I, I at least I'll say I was tempted to, but uh, I I showed some restraint. But uh, it was it was cool. And his his remarks were, and Jim, I think you know, helped me out here. But yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It was I wouldn't go as far to say they were they were not prepared remarks. Um, I think he probably had some talking points. 
that he wanted to hit, but by no means was he reading off cue cards or, you know, any type of prepared speech, which was, which was great. And, yeah, you know, the other times I had mentioned, I've seen coach smart speak, same thing. He just really is able to kind of speak from, you know, from the heart and off the top of his head, it comes across as it should is very genuine um, and real. And I think yeah. that's why he connects so well um, with the players and, and people in general. And, you know, looking back, you know, people kind of looking at, um, I saw some people had kind of posted about it that were there, and you know, liking them to a CEO. And I, I think mm-hmm. that's a, a very good description. Um, and he's able to, like a good CEO, get the most out of his people. I mean, if you think mm-hmm. about the SEC and the athletes, all you know, almost all the teams in the SEC, well, all of them have very good athletes. You know, some better than others. You know, some might have more four or five stars, but they're all going to have good athletes. But yeah. it's getting the most out of those athletes, and that's kind of what he talked about, Jim. To me, is getting them to buy in, and you hear mm-hmm. him talk about culture so much, but. You know, hearing him speak and the stories that he was telling, and and it seems like he likens it at every every year our company. And he was talking about it in those terms. You have a hundred people in our in our company, and every year we have, I think he said, twenty new people come in our company. And I think he's mm-hmm. referring to the twenty new scholarship players. And you have to have those twenty new people adapt pretty quickly to your culture, so your company can continue to be successful and. It makes yeah. total sense. And where I'm going with this is that he lets the players really lead um, and he expects a lot out of them. But he's built that culture and and now it's really becoming tradition where um, I'll call it self, self-regulating. self Like if someone's mm-hmm. not doing what they're supposed to do at a workout or they're not, you know, going to class, you know, it seems like he's got the, you know, this is me, outward observer, just kind of speculating here, but it's like he's got them the players like okay well you need to handle that like you know we, mm-hmm. we're family and we take care of those things so just you know and he, he talked also jim and you he helped me hear about the uh, new zealand rugby team and yeah. and which was i don't know john if, if jim told you a story but coach smart asked you know what is the most successful or winningest franchise, professional sports franchise over the last hundred years and people like the Yankees or throughout a you know handful of professional teams is like no what, one one guy said the Raiders and Kirby like laughed out loud, by the way. Uh that was that was awesome. Yeah. Did someone say the Raiders? What? <laughs> yeah. So Jim, do you call it's New Zealand and I want to say it's the black yeah, it's the, it's the, the New blacks. Zealand. Yeah. The all blacks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm loosely familiar because following soccer, you have to watch at least for a long period of time. I used to have to watch EA. Uh, sorry, not EA. Um, BBC, like the BBC channel, would stream in the United States on the channel like Fox or something like that. And I used to always pick up on the sports that came on before and after, and they would talk about rugby and the All Blacks. And I'm I was very aware that the All Blacks was the answer to that question. <laughs> yeah, see, I had I had no idea, but I do have I have a snippet from their their Wikipedia page. Uh, so they are the it's the national the New Zealand National Rugby Union team, commonly known as the All Blacks. 
Uh, it says they are considered the country's national sport, uh, famed for their unmatched international success. All Blacks have often been regarded as the most ses- successful sports team in human history. So, uh, yeah. And so, th- and this is where, so what was it, Greg? He was basically saying like, um, the, the way Kirby got to this was he was talking about, um, you know, did he think we would repeat last year? And he actually said like, hell no, I didn't think we were going to be repeat. Like, he's like, I knew we were going to be good. I knew we were going to compete. I, you know, I knew we were going to be up there, but to go back to back, you know, losing all those players, you know, he was rattling off, you know, the 15 players, to the draft, you know, all that kind of same kind of stuff. Um, and, but, but his, his point was like that that team was still fairly easy to motivate because of those things that would make you think they wouldn't repeat. Right. He, he could say things like you guys did, haven't done this. It was those guys, those guys are gone. They're in the NFL. Right. Like you, you know, you have to do this for yourselves. You know, this is, this is new to you. And now with this next team, you can't say that as much, right? Like, yes, we're losing, you know, we're, we're losing the quarterback, right? Like we're losing some key guys, but we're not, uh, we're going to have a lot more actually coming back from the 22 team than we did from the 21 team. And so he's got, he had to look at, look at it from a different uh, angle, a different lens. And so he went out searching for other examples of teams that were able to maintain success. And this is where he landed uh, on the, on the all blacks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he he said that they're they the team are studying them and what makes the All Blacks successful, almost like a business school case study is what he likened it to. At least that's mm-hmm. how I understood it. And yeah. so I, I thought that's really cool. They're going to study why has this team been so successful to win eighty five percent of their matches over the last hundred years. And then he, I, I, don't, I didn't write it down, Jim. I thought I had written it down on a napkin because I was trying to scroll down some of the, you know, <laughs> cool sound bites just so I could remember it all. But there was some some phrase that he used. But um, I've got it. I did jot it down. I I, I I have a theory that this could be the next. Uh, you know, every year there's something, right? So yeah. we've had we've had keep chopping. We've had you're either a leader, you're not. Uh, we've had nobody cares. Um, and this one is a uh, better never rests. Better never rests. That's right. That's what yeah. it was. Yeah, better never rest. Um, and we've already seen uh, a player uh, either it was either a tweet or Instagram post uh, use that in one of their posts. So it's already starting to circulate through the players. Um, so it's I start to see it surface a little bit. It's pretty yeah, cool. The other one that I, I did write down was change is inevitable. Growth is optional. Yeah, that was so good. things are going to change. You know, yeah. that's, you know, that's inevitable. But if you don't grow and find ways to to get better, um, then, you know, it, it, you know, it's going to pass you by. And, you know, he 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 talked about, you know, motivation was a big thing. And in mm-hmm. in when he what did he, he talked about, I'm trying to think about it, Jim, where he said, look, you know, we've won back to back national championships but we can't go out and continue to do the same thing that we've been doing. Mm-hmm. It's counterintuitive to what I would think, or most people would think it's like, well, let's just keep doing what we're doing. And I think he's the complete opposite. It's like, no, we, we've got to find ways to get better. We got to change things up. And I, and in the way he spoke about it, it's like, mm-hmm. you're dealing with nine, 18, 19 year old, 20 year old guys, 21. They're going to, you know, they're there for three or four years. Some of them are there three or four years. You, you got to keep them, interested you know they're going to get bored if you're doing the same all right we're going to do this number of reps and we're going to run this many wind sprints and you know i'm overgeneralizing here but Mm. it's finding ways to keep things fresh and new and and on their toes and that 
you know, that's again back to the leadership and and how do you keep getting the most out of these players? Um, yeah, yeah. The, and the, the other things he had from the All Blacks were uh, I had two other things. One was he another saying that they have is that no no one individual is above the team. Um, and he sounds like he's really taken that to heart, especially kind of like in this age of NIL, um, right? Um, making sure everyone understands that it's it's not you, it's, it's the team. Um, and the last one was, uh, it's not an, or, or it's an honor, not a job. Um, yeah, yeah, it's an honor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, I got to find that one. I did write it down, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, he, yeah he, he, that was back to when he talks. It seems like the team meets with, I don't want to say it's sports psychology, but, you know, outside motivational speaker, somebody comes yeah. in and, and talks to him, you know, throughout the, um, the off season, which I think is, is really cool. So it's fresh perspective. It's somebody who's not directly connected to the program, but, you mm-hmm. know, it's certainly caring for the message and the things that, you know, coach Martin, and other coaches want to instill, but, um, you know, he's talking about, you know, I, I asked the guys, you know, three, two, three years ago, you're 16 years old, you're, you're playing high school football. You know, did you ever envision yourself being, you know, playing football at the university of Georgia did you ever envision yourself, you know, winning an SEC championship? Did you ever envision yourself winning a national championship? Mm. And some of the guys may say yes. Some of the guys may say no. But at the end of the day, you know, that's kind of what you were dreaming about, right? And they all yeah. say, yeah, no, that's, that's, those were our goals. Like, you know, be at a big-time Division One program or be at Georgia, win an SEC, win a national So he says, look, guys, you're living your dream. You're living yeah. your dream now. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know. And then that's where you got the uh, the not the pressure is the privilege, but it is a privilege, you know, to yeah. play for the University of Georgia. And so, yeah, the limit the the way he laid it out though was a lot more eloquent than than <laughs> I. And he didn't lose his train of thought either. But uh, <laughs> yeah. like you said, no, like yeah, he was definitely the, the whole thing. I would say was from the heart. Uh, he he didn't miss a beat. His that was I, I know you said you had seen him speak. That was the first time I had seen him speak. Um, I think I actually was the first one I'd seen him definitely in that kind of setting. I had seen Rick, you know, I got to see Rick a few times, but for Kirby, that was the first one. And I mean, his, his command of the room is impressive, first of all. And I, I did just want to reiterate what you said, like the whole CEO comment, because like, that's something that I have always, I've always heard people kind of speculate, like, you know, Kirby smart, you know, graduate of Terry college business, you know, he, he could have been pretty successful in the business world if he was if he hadn't gone into coaching. I've heard so many people say that. And I never had any reason to disagree with it. Um, but I definitely have a reason to agree with it now after seeing him uh speak to all of us that night. Um it, it was it was impressive. The command of the room, and he was so he was so relatable. I mean, like the things that you're saying, Greg, when you're talking about, you know, he was using the word like your like your company because he was he was making analogies for us, right? You know, in the room and kind of helping explain things in terms that we would understand. It was pretty cool. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I think that's again back to my earlier comment about just being able to connect with people, yeah. with parents, with with players, and and being able to speak in terms that you know the audience can can understand. You know, if he's talking to a group of coaches, he may not be having that exact same talk, but you know or players, but, you know, he wasn't, he was talking to alumni and, and friends of, of the university. And so it's, um, then he tailored the, the discussion towards that, but he also showed um, just how much interaction he has with the players and how much he cares. I mean, one of the other things he yeah. mentioned was bringing in the, I think it was four um, portal transfers, Jim, 
John, I think there's four or five. This how, this, do we, how many do we bring? I know it was, it was at least three. Yeah, uh, we got Rara, Dominic, and then uh, oh shoot, the uh, the kid from A and M. Yeah, uh, this was one of the Rara's Mississippi State. There was a we got a DB from A and M. So, but Kirby said that you know he he wants to you know make sure that you know these guys you know coming into the program after being somewhere else that you know that they're assimilating that they're you know they're they're you know everything's okay with them and you know he says i guess this was a couple two three weeks ago jim so they've been mm-hmm. back at school for roughly six weeks maybe this semester and so he he's you know called each one of them in and sat down and asked them you know how are the workouts you know how are the facilities you know mm-hmm. how are, how's the team and almost to the man you know everyone said well you know the workouts are pretty similar and the facilities are really nice and, you know, teams, you know, really, you know, taken to the team. And the one thing they say, though, though, coach, it is just so much harder here at University of Georgia academically. Um, yeah. you know, like, like, I'll just, he was kind of jabbing some people at other school who won't say which one. He's like, I actually have to go to class here. I can't just take the class on the computer. And it's like, no, son, you, you got to, yeah, you got to go to class. That's, that's, uh, that's really important. That's why you're here. Yeah. And, um, you know, he doesn't. He does take that interest in, in the players. It's not about hey, we just we're able to get these guys to come over and they're going to help us win. He wants to see you know how they're actually doing, and he seems to be very in tune um, on the academic side um, to the point of to saying that you know he was proud of the team's GPA uh, <laughs> and that they weren't DAL. Uh, this year, unlike other years, and everyone kind of said DAL, and then Kirby says dead ass last. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Which I thought was pretty funny. They were second uh, to DAL. Yes, uh, <laughs> but he said there's room for improvement, and uh, uh, but the overall GPA for Georgia student athletes was above 3.0. I think it was like 3.2, which is you know that's all student athletes combined, and um, right. Before, just not football really, but before Kirby spoke, uh, President um, Moorhead was up up there and um, spoke about um, the incoming freshman class or what they anticipate the incoming freshman class to be. And I I think, Jim, help me, they got 40-some-odd thousand applications for roughly 7,000 spots that they can accept into this freshman class. And I started doing the percentages, and that's less than 20%. Somewhere, I came up with somewhere around... 17 percent uh acceptance rate you know, yeah yeah freshmen and you know and they they rattled off some act scores and gpas you know so basically if you don't have a 4.0 and you know <laughs> and you're in the top 75 percentile on your on your test scores you know you're going to be pretty tough to get in let's put it that way so good, yeah really good for the university um but the academic standards are, are have certainly risen from uh, the days of of uh you know me or you you all going to, to school and that's great uh, this the degree yeah. brand is worth a lot more and that's one of the things that was talked about from from on the academic side amen yeah 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 and uh, that I, I will say like you know a lot of people will kind of come in and not a lot of people i guess maybe a lot of people i don't know folks that don't care about football will be like why are these football coach, coaches making so much money but i mean i, I guarantee you back-to-back national champions uh in football you know, that increases the n- amount of applications coming in. Uh, you know, it gets, it's marketing it gets the, dollars. It's exactly. No, I mean, just, I, I, you know, 
there's no no doubt about it. I mean, can you show a percentage or a direct correlation? You, you probably not, not with great specificity, but there's there's no doubt about it. I mean, you you're winning back to back national championships. Your 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 brand is getting televised nationally, and you're just pulling from a broader pool of of applicants and you know very qualified applicants. It seems based on the you know what we heard, it's great. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. He, he rattled off some pretty good. It, I, I didn't write it down. I can't remember what he said, but he had a good. Uh, he had a bit of a dig at like North Carolina colleges, yeah. which I I thought was pretty funny. Uh, I can't remember exactly who it was, but just know that he did it. Uh, and when I say he, I mean talking about President Moorhead. But um, yeah, I mean, I think uh, what was it? Thirty-two Rhodes Scholars in twenty twenty-two. Only three of those attended a public school. Or public yeah. university, and one of those uh, was from Georgia. Um, so, yeah, I mean the, the academics. Uh, I think I'm going to say, John. I feel like we were there during the upswing. I don't know that we were there. I'm, I'm sure it's even crazier now, but um, I know, like with like with Hope Scholarship, when that you know came, that was a big turning point in academics at, at Georgia as well. So, uh, I mean, it was a big it was a big turning point for. <laughs> For a lot of a lot of folks, like there's a lot of states yeah. that enacted like similar scholarships and stuff. As a matter of fact, the year after I graduated is when they privatized student loans, mm-hmm. uh, the student loan program. Because when I but the year the year I graduated was the last year that uh, you could get like a a government backed. Uh, student loan. Uh, I, I we we could really get off the rails on this topic. But. <laughs> The, the the student loan the student loan uh industry completely imploded in 2005 well you know w- we all have uh we're talking about three dads here with kids getting close to that age <laughs> so. yeah yeah uh, we'll, we'll table we'll table that we'll table that for, that's for, for another podcast. discussion for another that's, yeah. that's for the podcast after the podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh man um I did the one thing I wanted to make sure we mentioned one thing that I thought was pretty funny. It was actually towards the end. So um, Kirby, he he did take questions from the crowd. Uh, I had a question prepared. I, Greg can attest that I've raised my hand several times, but I never got his attention. So um, I'll say what I was going to ask. I'll, 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 I'll tell you my question. Um, it was uh, all right. So Kirby, it's 1996. You're sitting at um, you're sitting at Allen's. You're having a hamburger with Mike Bobo and a beer and someone walks in, you know, maybe it's me, maybe it's someone else from this room. And they say, I'm from the future. And Kirby Smart, you're the head coach of Georgia. You just coached Georgia to -to back-to-back national champions championships. You just named Mike Bobo, your offensive coordinator. Oh, and by the way, your, your former teammate, uh, Will Muschamp, who's gone now, he's the co-defensive coordinator. And like how, how Kirby, how, how would you have reacted to to that in 1996 so that's what i was going to ask him uh didn't get to but um actually i as i was talking through that i did remember he did uh he did talk about the bobo hire which um john we haven't had a podcast since that happened right so i don't think we've talked about that um oh something happened with bobo i had no idea <laughs> yeah and i got a quote here uh that's one of the things i scribbled down drop it I can assure you, as much as I love Coach Bobo, we're going to get after it this year. There's nobody I'd bet on more than someone with a chip on the shoulder. Mm-hmm. Mm. That's, yes, yes. Ask, you can ask one Stetson Bennett about that quote. <laughs> yeah, seriously. 
Seriously. Yeah. I, uh, my, uh, my, my sense was like, if I wasn't personally worried about Bobo, but had I been like hearing Kirby talk about him, would it made me not worry about him? Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it. I mean, obviously would have loved for, you know, Munkin to run it back yet again. Although, you know, and I'm still disappointed we never got the Todd Munkin running it back graphic, John. Um, that we always wanted, but yeah, we, Bobo should have, they should have made it. Was there a graphic when Bobo was announced? I don't think there was. I feel like that was a miss social media team, but at, at any rate, um, but yeah, so, so that, that was exciting to hear, to hear him say that, that, that was the good, I'm glad you got that note. Yeah. I never doubted for a minute that, that complacency is something that would be tolerated. Um, yeah, by Coach Smart, but you know, just reaffirms that every time you you hear him talk, and you know, he it, it's what was done in the past is is great, and you know, but he's that's the building blocks, and you just continue to build from there, and every season's a new season. So, um, you know, as much as I want to don't want to mention Alabama, I think that's some of the mantra that they they had there, and you know, he's he's carried that over, and it 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 makes sense. So, just yeah. you know. You got to, you know, what you did last year is last year. And it's back to what we were talking about earlier. How do you, how do you keep, keep things interesting, not become, you know, dull or do the same things over and over, right? Uh, mix it up enough to where, you know, you're getting better. So that's, that's why they're paying him, I don't know, millions and millions of dollars <laughs> a year to coach football. And you and I and, and John get to sit around and, you know, drink bourbon on a Monday night and talk about it. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, and and drop hot takes on on different things. Yeah, exactly, exactly. He did. Um, so there's a funny moment when he was taking when he was taking questions. So as he kind of like segued into the questions, he offered up the Bobo thing. Like basically, he he basically was like, "I'm going to talk about the offensive coordinator before anyone even asks it because I know it's what you want to know." So he talked about that. Um, but I know the the last question was about uh, Kirby and his his speeches, his locker room speeches. Um, and the, the way the gentleman framed it was basically like, you know, we've all heard some of the the speeches oh, and you're, oh, you know, yeah. they're, they're, he was like, they're, he was like, they're quite motivational. Um, he's like, so, you know, what, what were some, um, what are some things that uh, like, what's some advice you would give for those of us, you know, who are not coaching, but maybe trying to motivate like our team, like our work team. Um, and so it was a couple of funny things in the response. Like he did say that like, basically uh you know like there's the theories out there that he's kind of doing it on purpose and he wants him to go viral and things like that and so but kirby said that his friends actually think that too and all of his friends come to him and were like you wanted that to leak and he's like i promise i did not want that to go to vi- go viral uh, I'm, I'm not trying to get that out there um but then like when he when he got into his real answer again it just kind of tied it back in to everything uh actually like to a lot of what you were saying earlier greg he said that like you know, passion is very important. You got to speak from the heart. You got to be yourself. Um, he said, he said kids nowadays can see right through some BS, uh, is what yep. he said. Um, yep. Yep. he said that he does not spend a lot of time like writing down those words. He doesn't have prepared speeches. And he said, which you can probably tell from some of the things you've heard. <laughs> um, oh man, they're so good. <laughs> uh, but he said, but he said, but they're coming from my heart. Uh, so that was yeah, pretty the good. other thing that we learned, which you remember just after the national championship game, there was a leaked um audio, and for a while, for a few days, people thought it was the 
speech, locker room speech that he gave before the national championship game about, yeah. you know, this is simple. Just go out there and, you know, knock them on their ass and, you know, something like that. And it was very colorful, we'll just say. <laughs> He's like, no, no, I don't have that much hate in my heart for TCU. That was Tennessee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and he, he went on a little tangent about um Tennessee and Florida. Let's just say that uh, as we all do, gets great pleasure from from beating them, but uh, I just thought it was hilarious. I don't have that much hate in my heart for TCU. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that <laughs> something was... to that effect. Could that? Yeah, be... yeah, 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 did, yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. He said, "I don't have that hate in my heart for TCU. I have that hate in my heart for Florida." That's what he said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he, he talked about he talked, but he did. He talked about uh, Florida and Tennessee. He, he, I mean, he was you know dropping out records. You know, like. You know, I, a lot well, of times he was there too, and it, it's not lost on him that you know he's like we lost five. I guess he was a red shirt. Yeah, five times at Tennessee, and yep, you know, exactly. And, yeah, he, uh, you know, he's keeping receipts on some of that, or has, uh, which is good. You know, yeah, and you know, as we did, you know, we all suffered for many, many years of you know Florida and Tennessee. It's like God, if I could ever just beat them, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, yeah no. a drive back from from Jacksonville with a terrible headache and a in a sore butt from the whooping that we took yeah seriously yeah but he you know he uh i mean he's he's one of us right like he he, he gets it he he has that hate he has that same hate for these schools that that we do and i uh that that's why i that's why i love him so much um agreed i don't know again just i think he's he's one of us man uh yeah that's the best way to put it he is he is um he's a dog through and through awesome awesome I'm- Okay, JP. Oh, I was just gonna say, I just love, I just love the speeches, man. The leaked audio. Whoever, whoever is the, whoever is the, the media maestro or whatever behind <laughs> those, those media leaks, man, just keep doing what you're doing, please, sir <laughs> or madam. <laughs> uh, good call. Good call. It's great too because it's it's motivational. It's not like uh, maybe if you like a Bobby Knight, you know, old school where he's right. you, know, you know berating some player or you know, laying into people. And, I, and I'm sure that happens. And that's part of being a coach. You, you can't always, you know, you gotta be hard on people, but to a point, but it's typically him, you know, trying to get people fired up and re- and reminding them of all the things that they've done to get to that particular point in time and all the hard work. Right. And, uh, and you gotta do that because those guys, I mean, you see it on, you know, on the videos that are put out there by the university or what's on social media. I mean, you know, they're working out five days a week in the off season running and then all the conditioning and some, and it's and going to school. Yeah. I bet you they do have some aggression they want to take out and, uh, but it's getting them to channel that aggression and do it in a way that's, uh, you know, productive. And that's again, back to, he gets the most out of, out of his players. And, you know, part of that's through his speeches and, you know, yeah. uh, you know we'd yeah. all be running through, uh, you know, a wall form if, uh, <laughs> yeah. they to I'll say he he got multiple standing ovations. Uh, you know when we I think when he was walked to the podium, he got a standing ovation. Uh, but that the, the last line that that you dropped the uh, the the hate in my heart part uh, that got a standing ovation for him as well. Yeah, at it the was end. just hilarious too. What the way he said, <laughs> I don't have much hate for TCU. And, yeah, it was um, it was good. I I did I did kind of linger afterwards a, a, a little bit, but I ended up yeah I, I did I. I I, I kind of like brushed by with him when he was on his way out and just said, uh, you know, like, thanks coach. And he patted me on the shoulder and said, go dogs. So I know John was a little disappointed that I didn't ask Kirby 
if he remembered my encounter with him <laughs> at the Bronco <laughs> Nagurski Award in 2011. Mm-hmm. So maybe yeah. next next time, next time. Probably did. He probably did. Yeah. Well, hopefully there'll <laughs> be another opportunity. They'll come back to Charlotte uh, next year again. I think it's just on their on the circuit. You know, they it's good right. that the university gets out there and you know tries to see alumni that are you know in the surrounding area. And yeah, really <laughs> yeah. fantastic evening. I mean, I walked away just like, you know, and part of it is we all know that they're they're trying to raise money and that's that's you know a good thing. And uh but yeah, yeah. I'm sure people's uh wallets were were easily opening when they were followed up with, Hey, would you mind uh last year you did this, can you do ten percent more? Sure, <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> right. Right. When it's easy to ask people for money, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, for real. <laughs> Well, yeah, no, I, I just want to say again, thank you for the, the invite, Greg, and and bringing me to that. Uh, it was uh, I mean, it's a great event. Dinner was phenomenal. Uh, we met some new, we met some other other dog fans there. Uh, it was pretty cool. It was a yeah, it was, it was a good night. You're 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 basically the the orchestrator of you're the orchestrator of putting a a lot of Twitter faces. Like our Twitter names with faces, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like everybody, yeah. everybody walking around. Like, like my buddies, like they they make fun of you. Like, oh yeah, yeah Twitter, your Twitter people is like. Well, I've actually met, I've actually met a lot of these people. <laughs> like, it's not, it's <laughs> yeah, not, it's, it's not just, it's not, it's not pretend. <laughs> no, it's not. And, and it's I, look, I didn't get on Twitter until 2019, um, and it was wow. just kind of on a whim. Uh, after my 30 year high school reunion and, you know, there was a friend of mine and encouraged me to get on Twitter. I was like, nobody cares what I, what I have to say, you know, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, you start following and I don't know how I started following wise dog. Um, and then I started on <laughs> cat. You can't miss wise cat. dog on Twitter. Yeah. Twitter. Yeah. And I started following <laughs> outlaw Caterina and, yeah. you know, then we had the, the COVID season and, you know, I think if nothing else it did bring a lot of people together over Twitter because we were all kind of, you know, mm-hmm. stuck at home on Saturdays instead of being in Athens. And then, you know, back as we talked at the beginning of the of the podcast, you know, when the Clemson game rolled around, people were just ready to go and right. you know, hadn't been out. And it's just been fantastic. And you, we really have made some some great, true friendships um, through Twitter. Um, and this, this is certainly evidence of it. Um, and this will continue. There's just good quality people, and we share our passion and towards football and and the university, which is um, which is great. Well, I, I can I can tell you, like as a as a person that has partaken in the tailgates and not attended the games, <laughs> I, I'm eternally grateful for you because some of my some some of my core memories of of a Georgia fandom have been at your tailgate, even though I haven't been to the game and. It's because you were able to put those on and were gracious enough and gracious enough to invite us to to partake. Um, you know, one of my one of my favorite memories that I'll ever have is my son berating Tennessee fans after the Tennessee game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was um one of the more satisfying football game, UJ football games I've ever been to, honestly. I mean, there's some that stick out of my mind, like LSU in 2013, mm-hmm. the Notre Dame game, both of them, both in South Bend and in Athens, Tennessee. I, I mean, that was as loud, consistently loud as I've ever seen Sanford Stadium. The entire game, we were making noise. And then it rained. It was just epic at the end. But <laughs> anyway, we, you know, 
I think it got louder when it, when it started raining. Yeah. That game. yeah. It was, it was kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, but John, thank you so much for, for, for saying that it, it means a lot and I love doing it. I really do. It, it brings me a lot of joy and um, love being around the people. And I guess we'll give a, a plug for G day for those listening would love to have you join us on um, April 15th in Athens. Just look on Twitter. We'll put out some information, but me and uh, rodeo dog and a few others are going to throw up the tents and order sauce house barbecue and um, do it upright and then go watch G day. So anyone is welcome to join us. And if you can get out of the uh, soccer slash baseball for a day, get up there, we'll feed you and show you a good time. Yeah, absolutely. How did, how did rodeo, how did rodeo get roped into all that? I, I met Scott in Athens or excuse me, in, in Charlotte. And he just, I didn't know him. We had, you know, communicated once or twice on Twitter and came by and he's like, man, you know, I do a tailgate every week, you know, for every home game. And I, he was just talking to me about, man, this had to be a lot of work. I was like, yeah, it was. And this is after I'd finally calmed down from the, the help not showing up. And <laughs> we just kind of bonded over tailgating because we both enjoy it a lot. And um, we got back together at the end of the season in 2021 and put on pretty good tail size tailgate and which John you were there I believe at, at the Georgia Dome for the SEC championship game yeah and, and you came out for that um and then just stayed in touch throughout the off season and then we we hooked up again to do the uh, kickoff game in in Oregon and then you know we've gotten together from time to time but scott's a great guy and uh and he's got a few other um his friend zach and dt and uh got a he's got a good crew that that come help set up and take down so um lucky to lucky to have him that's awesome yeah whole whole crew just don't let me and ao set up because we set up the wrong tailgate oh that's another (laughs) classic story (laughs) maybe real quick jim i know we're maybe running over here on time but the first there's no, there's no there's time. No time this is, this is my kind of podcast, Greg. Okay. No well. this, is where, this is where wise dog, this is where wise dog gets, gets mad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll try to keep it brief. I did not get to go to this, the Sanford game. Cause it was right after uh, Oregon. And I just needed a weekend at home to unpack and get organized. But so I come down to Kent state and we had tailgated at tent number one, big black canopy tent on the Reed hall lawn the prior season and can only assume that we'd be in the same tent. And that's kind of what we were told and what I expected. So I show up around 930 or so. It was a noon kick. So maybe it was nine o'clock, but um, Jim's there and Adam Owens and Dwight and, you know, a couple other Twitter folks. And I'm like, okay, guys, help me set up. You know, we just, you know, setting up the beer and the food and kind of get it all set up. And this nice woman walks up and she says, why are y'all setting up my tailgate? I have no idea who you are. <laughs> and and i was like well this is our tent she's like no it's not and then another gentleman um uh, bruce that i i it's in our tailgate group he says no we're we're tent two this year and so we all kind of got a big chuckle but it was a bit of a cluster because we had already dumped all of our beer and quite a bit of it into the into her coolers and the, so the kent state game was a bit of a mishmash of okay i think this is yours this is mine but they ended up being um a really nice uh group of people for the rest of the season a bunch of folks from marietta and so um 
Oh, oh really? Yeah. Okay. Well, they're, yeah. in my neck of, they're in my neck of the woods. Yeah. Yeah. A bunch of, bunch of folks from Marietta and it's just pure coincidence. Um, one of my fraternity brothers somehow got into their group. I hadn't seen him in 25 years. Good guy. I was actually friends with, you know, pretty good friends with him back in the day. He, he, he's tailgates there with them and his son's now at Georgia. So it's kind of cool to reconnect, but that's, that's the great part about being up there on in Athens on a Saturday is you get to see so many people and not a better, not, too many places better to spend a fall afternoon. Yeah, really yeah for sure. No, that was that 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 was that was hilarious. So I'll never I'll never forget that. I, that I was, yeah, it was embarrassing. It was embarrassing <laughs> as hell, and, and but, but funny now. <laughs> well, this was like before it all got sorted out, and we were like trying to defend it. <laughs> we're like, no, yeah, this like, is no, this is our joke. Yeah. <laughs> this is classic. This is classic. Um, well, I do. Let's see. I had I had a couple more things. One quick note. Uh, we do have to acknowledge our sponsor while we're on. So we, you know, season three of my got a podcast is remind everyone is uh, presented by Oxia time, uh, custom watch company. Uh, be sure to go check them out. Uh, they've got a new 2022 national champions, uh, watch collection. Uh, I will say, John, I don't know if you've done this yet. I, I, um, I had never really worn the nylon strap. I've, I've got the nylon strap on now. So when you get one of these watches, it comes with Ooh. with the stainless steel band and the nylon strap. I didn't know how to put it on correctly. And John Canaris, uh, owner of OxyTime, I know he listens. He's probably going to laugh when I say, like, I was kind of embarrassed to ask him, like, how to get that strap uh, on the watch. And he, uh, I'm sure he would have explained it to me because he's... Uh, that, that that's how he is, but I found a YouTube video on how to put on those kinds of watches. So it kind of can kind of dress it down a little bit, make it a little bit more, more casual. If you don't always want to have the whole, uh, stainless steel band on your, on your, on your Swiss made watch going on. Um, but yeah, so everyone, uh, oh, go ahead, John. It's off season, Jim. <laughs> it, is, it is. It is. Yeah. Well, we're, yeah. Season three, we brought, uh, yeah, you gotta, you know, gotta, gotta be a little bit more laid back. Um, but yeah, so go check them out. Oxytime.com. That's A-X-I-A. T-I-M-E dot com. Um, I also, I wanted to make sure, John, we have to, we have to have a basketball minute. Fletcher. We told Fletcher. Oh, yeah. Told Fletcher, told Fletcher we'd have a basketball minute. I don't know. Greg, do you watch ba- Georgia basketball at all? Or are, are you on the JP? Uh, yeah. Segment? It's okay. been so painful the last several seasons. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Greg. <laughs> Thank you, Greg. <laughs> but living yeah. in North Carolina, Jim and I, I mean, it's basketball country up here. So yeah. and actually I follow more of UNC and because and, I live here in Davidson, they're in the A-10. Yeah. I, I do get a healthy dose of basketball and love for Georgia to, to be good or better. <laughs> yeah i i always feel like it it shouldn't be i feel like it's got to be harder to be as consistently bad as we've been than it is to be good i don't know that's just <laughs> kind of how i feel maybe i'm crazy um my here's my my thing so i uh two things one apparently john i think fletcher i, I kind of feel like he was maybe saying you know if we had more episodes georgia basketball would, would win more I'm not sure. Did we figure out that math? I don't know. So, so we're, we're trying Fletcher. Hey, maybe, uh, the dogs can go on a run, uh, at the SEC tournament. Um, so unfortunately we, we have zero buys. We're on the, the very first opening night. Um, but I think the draw is favorable. So you get LSU who is pretty bad. If we lose to LSU, that would be quite, uh, quite disappointing. But if we can get through LSU, then we got Vandy and then who knows, uh, I think Kentucky would be next. Um, you know, all teams we've beaten. So listen, listen, we, we just need a tornado and for Jim to stop making desks. That's <laughs> true. That's true. <laughs> uh, which again, reminder, I was in the Georgia dome when the tornado hit it. So there's, there's that. 
there's that as well. Um, but yeah, man, I, it, it's, it's frustrating. The only other thing I'll say is, um, I've always been a, a big defender of Stegman Coliseum. Like whenever people say, you know, oh, we need a new arena. That's why they're not successful. I, I've never really agreed with that, but I'll say right now, um, considering the fact that the roof on Stegman is like literally falling apart, uh, tear it down. I, I, I So that's my, my message to Josh Brooks. Um, I think you use that as your excuse uh, to make a change and you get rid of Stegman and you build a new state of the art arena. And I can't believe I'm saying that like me 15, 20 years ago would have never imagined myself saying something that like that, but uh, that's where I'm at now. That That's, that's my, that's my current opinion. So we'll see. Yeah. The Stegosaurus oh. will be 60 years old next year. It might be time, but it is yeah. the one of the world when it was built. It was pretty cool to see some of those old pictures out there and the architecture for 1964 was, was advanced for sure. Yeah. The picture that the uh, the Hargrit Library tweeted out, I think last week, uh, with with just the roof. Yeah, that's you guys awesome. see that? And, yeah, yeah, that was cool. Really, that cool. was pretty cool. Uh, my joke was that uh, it, that was the inspiration for SoFi Stadium uh, in LA. Apparently, could uh, be. Could be. <laughs> it have some, uh, you know, trademark or copyright issues there. <laughs> you know. Uh, there were there were uh, there were like gates on it, so neither John nor I drove a motorcycle over it. Uh, as his, <laughs> as is rumored, that, I think the rumor was Jake Scott did that. I think yes. it was real. I don't know if it, I think it was true from from what yeah. I, long time ago. But listen to some people; they swear that he did it. <laughs> yeah, I think it was Jake Scott from what I, the stories that I heard. Yeah, that's our that's how I remember it. We'll go with that. We'll go with that. Checks out. Seems good. Yeah uh, the uh, the. The pictures that they posted were just amazing because I remember thinking to myself, mm-hmm. "Man, that was an engineering feat back th- back then." Yeah, because the way that they posted it, it was like all this, all of this, all the all the framing and all that kind of stuff that they had to do progressively over time. It was it was impressive. But that said, uh, they just need to tear that thing down. Yeah, I mean, I like like I said, I like it. I, I, I like the place, but when it's when you're having to like put band aids on it, uh, maybe maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to make a change. What was a, what was a, uh, let's tie it back in, Greg. Change is inevitable. Growth yeah. is optional. Growth is and optional. Maybe, maybe we can apply that to Georgia basketball. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think so. You know, you know, where would the new arena go? I was reading something where, and I don't know where it could possibly go downtown, but someplace, you know, I mean, I guess they could put it there if they really wanted to, but that would be pretty cool if they moved it, you know, I saw that too. I saw Logan Booker tweeted something about that. And it was to the point. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. I should have just asked him what he was talking about. Yeah. You know, who the heck knows where they I got out Google Maps and I was like looking uh, at downtown. Like, is there a spot in downtown where they could go? Because I I can't think of anything. (laughs) Take the old Holiday Inn uh, Express, maybe hotels, maybe swap it out, do a land swap with the hotel over there where the Stegman is, which would be nice and put the Coliseum there. But yeah, yeah. Land's, land's not plentiful abutting the campus, but that would be the challenge because it would take, I'm assuming, 24 months probably to build something, replacement facility. Right, right. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, I don't I, I, I don't know that they actually will. I guess it depends. We'll, we'll see what the uh, the cost benefit analysis would be on the uh, re- replacing it. So we'll see. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to hold my breath on them tearing it down, but. That's that's kind of that's kind of my take these days. So, 
don't know, Fletcher, that was multiple minutes. So hopefully that's our good basketball fix. You know, good dogs in the SEC tournament. We'll be cheering them on. Uh, first game Wednesday, the late game on Wednesday oh, against L- against LSU. So I think they'll start, you know, whatever it is, like 30 minutes after the conclusion of the first game. So it'll be a late one, late tip off uh, on Wednesday. So Amen. Go dogs. All right. <laughs> uh, yeah, seriously. Seriously. Go, um, go, go hoop dogs. Go hoop dogs. Go hoop dogs. <laughs> I don't, Greg, any, uh, any, any last impressions, thoughts, thoughts from you? What do you think, uh, you know, I'm, odds I'm, of odds of a three peat any, any other thoughts? I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm about as bullish as they come. Um, but you know, I, I, you know, balance my optimism and in, in reality and in that, you know, we are set up nicely and you, you look at the offensive line and, you know, some of the defensive players that are coming back and then, you know, mm. guys that were second string or, you know, kind of substitutes last year, they're going to have another year to grow. And then yeah. you look at our schedule, we set up with four home games to start, mm. um, you know, the October stretch will be a little rough. We only get one home game, but, but that's okay. I think the competition isn't terribly strong. It's competition we should handle. Yeah, and then you get into the heart of of you know the season in November, and that's where you know if you're going to be a, a championship team, that's kind of when you find out. So, yeah, have I made my reservation hotel reservation for Houston? Yes, I have. Um, but I'm part of the get ahead of get ahead of myself crowd, and you know, I guess Wise Dog inspired that this year. So uh, I can always cancel. I haven't bought the airline ticket yet, but hotel room is is there. I'd love to be in Houston. And uh, just look forward to being with everyone again. It's, it's yeah, you know, I, I'm glad we have G Day. It's a nice chance to convene um, at least once before the the long stretch and then the summer. But um, I will be in Athens and can't wait to uh, to cheer the dogs on. And we're, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna give them hell. I don't, I, you know, I think anyone who plays this is is not gonna get a, an easy out. That, that's for sure. Amen. Right. Amen. Amen. Book your hotel, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're going fast and i'm not the only one so just just so you know i won't out anybody and i'm not trying to jinx <laughs> jinx it but uh anyway uh i love it i love it well greg thanks so much for coming on uh oh, thank been... you guys it was a pleasure this is really i mean that it was it's fantastic to be with you well you've you've been a, you've been a huge part of the podcast even though you you know this is your first time uh joining us you know talking to us but um you know like john said you've hosted us so graciously so many times we've met so many people through you like live real in person um so i, I do i did just want to make sure everyone knows so uh, greg's handle on twitter is dogs spelled the right way d-a-w-g-s dogs fan for the number four ever uh so go make sure you go out there and 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 and, and follow greg it's great 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 dog the dgd amen all right guys thank you all right greg anyway, all right, thanks for coming soon. on yeah and, we'll uh, talk soon and Jim, together now that uh you know it's the all season we'll i'll grab you and we'll go to we'll get a swift pint here soon yeah for sure for sure absolutely we we, we have to remember that we can actually hang out uh, at home absolutely <laughs> amazing amazing uh, <laughs> all right guys see you later all right. Amen. Go, dogs. Go, dogs. go dogs go dogs